Hi, it's Hal Anderson. Welcome to the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast and also rate the podcast. There, now that's out of the way. Coming up, Adam Dooley joins us to talk about hashtag vote open Winnipeg. We'll also talk to Jeff Braun, one of the couch potatoes, about Mission Impossible 6 Fallout. Great movie. And Joy Smith on World Day Against Trafficking in Persons. And now, the podcast. Here now to talk about hashtag vote open Winnipeg, Adam Dooley. Adam, good afternoon. Hi, Al. How's Hi. it going? Great. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate your time. Thanks for the opportunity. So uh, tell me about this organization. We heard there what the point is. Uh, uh, give us the basics. Well, it's come together very, very quickly. It's only been a couple of weeks since the city council decided that we were going to have a referendum on this infrastructure project, which is kind of bizarre in the first place. And uh, we all kind of started talking about it on social media, how disappointed we were in that and, and how we really believe that this is the right thing to do to reopen the intersection. And so it coalesced very quickly. Um, there's about uh, eight or ten of us in the core group, and it's growing. Uh, today it's grown very quickly, a lot of people showing their support. Well, and I think this is, listen, wherever you, uh, you know, however you feel about this issue, opening Portage of Maine to pedestrians, I think it is a time now over the next two or three months before the plebiscite, before the vote in October, let's get educated. And I've got to get educated on this as well. So let me ask you a couple of things. Uh, in the uh, Nikki Judy story we just heard, you're saying that, uh, one of the misconceptions is cost. So yeah. uh, weigh in on that cost. What would the cost be like? Well, first of all, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's the, the main driver for us is let's get some information out there because I think everyone's missing that information. There's a lot of people who, who throw around wild numbers. I've heard crazy numbers, like 40 million to do this. And, and in fact, the, the best estimate that, that the city has from 2016 is that this is a $6.1 million project. So compare that to some of the, the major infrastructure projects we talk about. Uh, $155 million for Waverly, for example, or $330 million for the Arlington Bridge. This is minuscule compared to that. So, so let, let's just deal with the, the numbers as, as, as best we know them. And then let's also uh, accept the fact that work has to be done on that intersection anyway. Right. Right? So yes, I, I don't absolutely. think people realize that there's a lot of work that has to be done. And, and so we have an opportunity here to, uh, to fix it ugly or fix it beautiful. Right. And uh, a lot of people say, oh, it's dangerous. Pedestrians crossing there would be uh, ridiculous. And what I have said, because I need to get more educated on this issue, what I have said is, listen, if they can show me how it's going to be done, done safely, and it makes sense, if you can show me that all these questions will be answered uh, to my satisfaction, then I think, yeah, let's do it. So what about the safety of pedestrians at that intersection? Well, let's just um, let's just start with with some basic facts. That Portage and Maine, it, it's a big intersection, but it's not even in our top five in the city. And all of the top five, like Regent and Lage and and uh, Keniston and Sterling Lyon, you can you can cross it at all of those. And there's other significant downtown intersections that we don't blink an eye ab about crossing um, for pedestrian crosswalks. Portage and Memorial is a super busy intersection, and, and so, is, so is Main Street and Broadway. And there's nobody ever says, hey, we should put up barricades there. It's ridiculous. It would be laughed at if someone suggested it. I give you credit, Adam, and your group for taking this on because I really do think that you're right. Lack of information has been a big part 
of the problem here. People aren't getting educated on this. They don't know the answers to these questions, and they're just going by what they read on social media, and and they're not getting uh, the real answer. But really, that's, uh, you know, to some degree, the mayor's uh, fault and, and the fault of others down at City Hall for not getting the proper information and the facts out there, isn't it? Well, you know, I guess they, they, if you're asking me, am I disappointed that we're in the spot that we have a referendum on a $6 million infrastructure project? The answer is yes. But, but here we are, and, and, and we have to ask ourselves, uh, we have an opportunity as a city to decide what kind of city we want to be. And, and so let's treat this as a positive. Let's treat it as an opportunity to have a, a discussion about it. I think that lots of people want to see an active, dynamic um, you know, thriving, prosperous downtown. It's our economic engine, and 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 we're talking about the intersection that is that that is at the core of that engine. So the more, we know that that new planning. If we were planning this today instead of in 1979, we wouldn't come up with this design. This is this is a 40-year-old planning project that had the best of intentions, but let's 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 be honest. It, it didn't work. It's failed, and it, and now we have a chance to make it right. Adam, thanks a lot for your time. Best of luck with this. Thank you. Mission Impossible 6, follow. The number one movie on the weekend, Jeff Braun, one of the couch potatoes, is here. We both saw it on the weekend, and we both loved it. Absolutely. It was so much fun. Like, a lot of movies are fun, but few are as fun as a Mission Impossible movie. Absolutely. I should say, uh, I took a picture of my wife and myself getting ready for the 3D version of the movie, and I put out there on social media (laughs) what I thought was a joke. I said... (laughs) Hey, and ironically enough, I happen to break my ankle walking into the theater, of course, because it's very well known, highly publicized, that Tom Cruise broke his ankle filming the movie. I thought it was funny. When the movie was over, two and a half hours later, I had to deal on social media with all the, sorry to hear, gee, you're going to be okay, and all that kind of stuff. I guess I have to realize not everybody knows this stuff. But how about, do you think I would have sat and watched the movie if I'd actually broken my ankle? Got a smile on my face and looking like I'm ready for a nice night with my wife. just a broken ankle. I can watch a movie. I will say this about the movie, though, and my wife almost hit me when I said this when we got in the truck and we were heading home. I said, a little long. Two and a half hours, yeah. a little long. Yeah. Now, she did say, well, were you bored at any point? No. It was a great movie all the way through. I just think maybe they could have done it in two hours. All movies are like that. It's annoying. It's it's the Couch Potato's biggest pet peeve is movies that are too long. Yeah. And it's so rare to find any movie less than two hours mm. outside of some comedies right now. Mm-hmm. And in most movies... You could easily shave 20 minutes off. And if you go back and like go to the 80s, you'll yeah. never find a movie that even hits two hours unless it's, no. unless it's some like epic thing like yeah, yeah. Amadeus or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. that's just the way movies are now. I don't get it either. But yeah. Without giving anything away in Mission Impossible 6 Fallout, favorite part of the movie? Um, it's a tie between the fight in the bathroom, yes. which you can see in the commercials and the trailers. It's great. That's amazing. And then sort of middle of the movie, there's a lengthy car chase slash foot chase slash motorcycle chase yeah. through, well, they're in Paris at that point, I think. I think they are, yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. that was just amazing all the way through. So. Yeah. It is interesting, though, if you look at the first one, 
producer Kyle was saying that this morning in the newsroom. The first one kind of is a spy thriller almost, oh, yeah. and this one has just become this action-packed movie. But they've the, this one and the last one, I think they've added more proper plot than that was missing from two, three, and four, maybe. Right. So, so they're sort of they found like a really good kind of hybrid of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. They, they won't be they certainly won't be backing down on the action anytime yeah. soon. And I think this franchise, and I was surprised. That this is uh, Tom Cruise's second biggest opening yeah. ever. I mean, the guy's 56, and I don't think as popular today as he once was. No. Yet this movie, this franchise is, uh, as I was just going to say, I think it's just now starting to take off. I think there will be several more Mission yeah. Impossible movies. And if you think of like peak Tom Cruise career, yeah, you every everyone would say 80s or 90s, right? right. And the number one movie on his list is 2004's War of the Worlds, mm-hmm. which I, I've seen it once. Yeah. I've never even felt like seeing it. Not I, a great I liked movie. it, but it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that's his number one. But it's like, are you serious? What about, you think, what about Jerry Maguire mm. or A Few Good Men? Yeah. That was a big deal, wasn't yeah. it? The Firm was yeah. a big deal when it happened. Many other know. movies that I would yeah. have thought would be much bigger. Rain Man? Yes, exactly. <laughs> there are many. Yeah. Um, but no, I think you're right about the Mission Impossible because. The Fast and the Furious are doing it. They're they've they are just about to start production on number nine, I think. Yeah. So, and this Mission Impossible, they're at six. They can bang in a couple more before it becomes like ludicrous that he's doing action movies. Why not? Yeah. And he is incredible in this movie. Yeah. Like it's amazing that at the age of fifty six, and listen, I understand it's a movie and they fool you a bit with cameras and stuff. He is incredible. He runs more in this movie than you and I have ran in our lives combined. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's it's impressive. And and I'm not a big Tom Cruise guy, but he is so good in these movies. Yeah. I, I like to say that I'm not a big Tom Cruise guy either, but I was like paging through his thing yesterday. And I've seen 26 of his movies. Wow. And I don't know that I've seen that many movies from any other actor. So mm-hmm. I guess I am a Tom Cruise guy. Yeah. So let me get an early... Uh, review from you okay. in this sense. The Couch Potatoes are well known for their couch cushions. It's your way of rating movies. What would you give this one? Full sectional? Not quite, eh? Not quite. We're looking at four or four and a half, I bet, though. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I gotta, it's only movie. been a day. i got to give it a little, breathe a little bit. But... Sink it in a bit, yeah. eh? Yeah, let it sink in a bit. But great movie. I would highly recommend it. <laughs> Mission Impossible 6, Fallout in theaters now. And by the way, I saw it in 3D. You did not. I saw I don't, 2D. I don't think you need to see this one in 3D. No, I don't think so either. No. Uh, There's we enough having... legit action there. That you don't need the extra yeah. stuff. We were having this conversation about 3D. Sometimes, I guess they do it because they can charge a couple extra bucks and stuff. But yeah. unless it's an animated film, I find the 3D is, you were saying darker. I think it's darker. Yep. And it's a little blurry. It's not yeah. quite as sharp. It's not, it's, right? not, it's not nearly as sharp. That's why for animation, because the lines are so obvious. Yeah clear and then, then it's mm. it's sharp then so yeah, yeah i wouldn't bother with the 3d i would try and see it on the biggest screen i yes. can find for sure absolutely yeah. yeah it's one of those movies where you want to watch it in the theater for sure 3d i didn't uh mind it in 3d but i don't think it's a necessity right. thank you jeff braun couch potatoes of course you can get the podcast at cgob.com every week itunes google play you can hear them here on cgob saturday is at noon and sunday evenings at six thank you jeff you bet Get down with the victim We both know you need them You're stuck in the middle Of all irrelevance
Joy Smith joins us here uh, because it is today. Uh, let me find it here. I want to make sure I get this right. This is important. It is World Day Against Trafficking in Persons. And Joy Smith, you know, has done so much work on this front uh, in Canada and really uh, around the world. Joy, it's nice to see you again. Pleasure to be here. Mm. Uh, I was just saying to you off air, I think you were in last time just as the DVD was coming out, mm-hmm. and now you've got a book coming out. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell me about the book. Well, the book has already been launched at McNally Robinson, and it's the true story of Canadian human trafficking, written by Paul Boga, and it was published by Castle Quay Books in uh, Toronto. And this is kind of your story, kind of. It's the issue, but it's your story as well. All these people that you've worked with over the years. Yes. Well, Paul is a terrific author. He's written five books. He's an engineer by trade. Um, But he came and said he wanted to tell my story. And I said, Paul, it's not my story. It's the story of the survivors. So he said, well, I don't know any. And I said, well, you're in luck. I do. So I called up people from all across Canada that I'd helped and worked with and asked if they would interview with him. And uh, Paul spent three years going from coast to coast to coast interviewing survivors of human trafficking. It was amazing what he did. Hmm. And uh, tell us what the book is called so people want to get it. The True Story of Canadian Human Trafficking, and it's uh, sold at McNally Robinson's and, of course, on my website. Yeah. You've got the Joyce Smith Foundation, joycesmithfoundation.com, where people can get a lot of information and, and other details. I'm curious, though, you know, as a member of Parliament... You deal with so many issues, right? What was it about this one? There are all kinds of big, important issues that you would deal with as a member of parliament. What about this one meant so much to you? Well, I was driven to Parliament by this issue because my son was in the Integrated Child Exploitation Unit and uh, he found out kids were being bought and sold and it broke his heart. It affected him greatly. He did a lot in the ICE unit to rescue little kids and... uh, The fact of the matter is it affected our family very profoundly uh, because we saw what was happening. We had to do something about it. I'm not a particularly good politician at all. I just think it's the grace of God I got those those, uh, laws through. But uh, they were meant to go through. Kids are being bought and sold every single day. Now, uh, 20-some years later, when you Google human trafficking, you can see trafficking rings being taken down every day. Now, schools are asking for the program. We have uh, a grade 8 to 12 program that's suitable for children and very good uh, so they can be prevented from being lured by these traffickers. We're now dealing with um, grade 5 to 7. We're putting it together in cartoon form so the children won't be afraid and parents will understand what human trafficking is and how easily their kids can be lured into it. Mm. And on this World Day Against Trafficking in Persons, is it better now than it was 5, 10, 15 years ago? I won't necessarily say it's better because John still go around looking for girls. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is now it's being prevented better because uh, people are finding out about it. There's trafficking rings being taken down every day. I'm working with the Manitoba Media Association now. We're doing a project hopefully up north And uh, there's a lot of things going on now to bring awareness and bring solutions because education now is our greatest weapon against this horrific crime. There aren't enough police officers or social workers or 
there there just aren't enough to suppress this this crime and so you'll find that i i have to highly re- recommend the rcmp and the Win- winnipeg city police they are outstanding and have done much to curtail human trafficking but we as a community all have to work together parents have to find out about it uh, students have to find out about it and as a community a canadian community we have to work together to stop it to prevent to uh, prevent it from happening to our very young drugs a part of this Drugs are always a part of it. Uh, this day and age, you know, with the opiate um, uh, terrible situation going on. Well, the on, reason I ask is because yeah. we hear about meth, the meth crisis, and yeah. police are talking about that, and I can't imagine, uh, you know, it's uh, that has to really affect this issue. It does, because uh, drugs affect judgment, and um, there's a lot of things that uh, affect judgment. And drugs is a big part of that, but not necessarily the only thing by any means. Uh, one of the traffickers told me it's uh, better to sell a girl than it is drugs because you don't have to buy it over again. You can use it. You can use it, he said, over and over again. Another trafficker told me that when he went by schoolyards, he used to, uh, when he was training some of his fellow traffickers, he said, look at those kids, look at them as ATMs. Well... Parents, teachers, schools, uh, churches, uh, the community as a whole have to find out how traffickers work because they come on as being very smooth, friendly, very nice. No one would ever guess. They don't look like the regular on the TV bad guys. They are people who want to earn a lot of money because they earn between 260000 280000 per victim per year. They earn a lot of money, so they don't have to work very long be- before their kids are through private schools and they go to beach holidays. But the other poor youth uh, are left in just uh, a dilemma where they hardly know who to trust or what is going on, and their lives are ruined, and so we have to prevent that from happening. Mm-hmm. And some people might be listening to this and go, well, it doesn't happen here, Until, but, it, <laughs> but it does happen here. It happens every single day. A kilometer from where you're sitting right now, Hal, it's happening. It's happening every single day, and people now are recognizing it more and more. <clears throat> Young girls in particularly, excuse me, I have a cold. Yeah. <clears throat> Young people in particular, are being marginalized. They're being used and abused. No one lets children be children. Children uh, want to explore. Children are unaware of the evils, really, in the world. And uh, sometimes they experiment too much. But children are still children. And they're also very smart. And Canadians have never known what to look for before. They've never had books out. They've never had documentaries out. Um, like um, human trafficking, uh, the uh, you know, Canada's Secret Shame, or like the book, um, The True Story of Canadian Human Trafficking. Mm-hmm. And there's some very brave people that have stepped forward because it's happened in their own family. Um, my big hero is Steve Bell. It happened in his family, and he's well-known, and, and he wanted to tell the story because he's so courageous. He just wanted to make sure that it didn't happen to anybody else because it happens to a lot of people and they never talk about it. It's it's really, really sad. I get hundreds of calls. In fact, I can barely keep up to them. Mm. But it's rare the person who will speak out and say, this is what you have to look for. But every parent's heart is broken. Every grandparent, I have a grandparent who calls me once every two weeks 
because she can't get the images out of her mind, and let alone the granddaughter who's now under treatment. Uh, I mean, the stories are over and over again. We have to prevent this from happening mm-hmm. because uh, the road to recovery is far too long. Well, and you talk about, you know, the survivors or the people that have had this impact their lives coming forward and telling their story. Uh, but in many ways, you know, you've been a trailblazer and those stories have come to light because you've helped tell them. Uh, this really is at the heart of it. It's about education, isn't it? Education, Hal, is our greatest weapon against this terrible crime. We have a very smart youth population in Canada, the smartest in the world, except we as adults have kept silent. We as parents who've had that experience happen in their family have kept silent, and that's wrong. We need to speak out because these people are just like rats. They run into their holes mm. when you, you put a spotlight on them. And uh, we have to prevent this from happening. Our youth are very valuable. They're our future, and we're losing a generation of youth to this terrible crime. Mm. Well, I really encourage people to go and find out more at joysmithfoundation.com. Uh, Joy Great website. You can find out about the book, the DVD. All this stuff is there. And it, today is World Day Against Trafficking in Persons. That's why we're talking with you today. But this is a battle that we all have to work together to fight every day. Thank you, Hal.